This is definitely like I'm, I'll be honest, guys. I started this movie this morning, and I had to like be like, all right, I have my brain is too fucked up to do this. Right, I feel like I have to like really get tired so I can like sit down and not want to move. Is I don't know, man. I did not know going this was a silent film. You didn't? Because I I I had been I had spent the whole morning like I was up at like six. I spent like, the the first like two hours of my day scrolling through TikTok. And then I tried to watch this movie. I'm like, oh no, there's no fucking chance it's happening. Yeah. Well, I I actually intentionally deleted TikTok for like two days before I tried to watch watch this because <laughs> I knew I would have been fucked. I was kind of the same. I tried to watch it uh, Saturday, uh, and I was like, oh, cool, I'll get, like, blazed before I watch it, which is just not the right vibe to go into a silent German film. From, I don't know. I was getting freaked out by the way that no one's mouths made sound. Really? Well, also, yeah. like, the music was, like, meant to convey, like, the tone, and you're like, that's weird. I'll talk about the music, because I actually think the music was really off in a lot of parts. Yeah. Well, that's because it was literally just a classical score that they ripped and then put it on there. Yeah, I was like, was there thought to... Because there's like a scene where she's getting violently accosted and there's a fucking slide whistle in it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just went gay all of a sudden. Pops through ribbon. I'm Charles Foster King. Snap out of it. Ahoy, sexy. It's showtime, folks. What is up, Criteria Cats? You are listening to the Criteria Cast, the podcast that makes active threats against democracy. I'm your host, Noah. Oh, I'm the other host. Wait, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm the other host, Gabe. <laughs> Seamless. I'm your other, other host, AJ. And today we are joined by Jalen Marcus Finiquito, and we will be discussing the work of. Filmmaker, German filmmaker G.W. Pabst. G.W. Pabst. Who made German cinema in the 1920s. Um, and his film is Pandora's Box that tells the tale of the rise and inevitable fall of an amoral but naive young woman who ch- who ch- whose, whose insouciant eroticism inspires lust and violence. <laughs> <laughs> that was are... the IMDb bio. I was, oh, I was just gonna let you cook yourself. <laughs> no, no, let, let him keep digging. Let him keep digging. Let him cook. Here to oh, okay. I was supposed to introduce you, but here to help talk about the lust and violence is Jalen Marcus Fenikito. Hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what's the intro? You know one? me, man. Just oh, I'm obviously cool. the avatar of uh, of uh, of lust. I guess I don't know. Lust, Dude, violence. Um, what tell. other sins? I can feel it emanating from you. Hey, man. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is actually like your first and a half time being on the show because you were on another episode but only got one sentence out. Yeah, it was at the end. It was uh, the uh, the one where Mitchell was on for Man of Steel. Yeah, uh, you came in, you uh, dunked on Snyder and got out. Uh, I will do. I will take every moment I can to dunk on Zack Snyder. Uh, I love that. Yeah. We're yeah. off to a great start here. Yeah, absolutely. That is that is definitely the vibe check you passed. Yeah, but we're no longer talking movie, about Zack Snyder. Yeah, somehow in this movie from the 1920s, I'm going to find a way to make it Zack Snyder's fault. Yeah, we just get it out of the way. Yeah, right? yeah. Just so like, all right, Zack all right. Snyder. So what, how's everyone? How's everyone feeling about this in general? Just before we like dive into it, like what's what are the first impressions here? 
It took it took two tries because I I went in with the wrong mindset. I was like, wow, I, I've just been looking at TikTok for an hour. I tried to watch this. I'm like, nah, it's not happening. So I came <laughs> back like later in this today, and I was like, okay, I think I'm sufficiently like burnt out. I can watch this now. Just tired enough to like not get distracted and zone in on something. Yeah, like my dopamine's been like at a good level. Well, I mean, past that point though, did you? Did you enjoy it, or were you still like, fuck this? No, I mean, I, I definitely, it took me, like, a, I had to, like, get invested. The first I, the first act, I was like, what the fuck is going on? But no, I, once I was, like, kind of into the characters and the cast had been, or the ensemble had been established, I was like, this is pretty fun. Yeah, I actually, uh, intuition, because back when Mitchell did Man of Steel, he asked me to watch it because he wanted input, and I asked him to watch this with me. We even joked, it's like, I feel like we were given the opposite movies that we would both absolutely rant over. <laughs> um, but like the, we had to split it into two parts because like the first half it was kind of a slog and then it wasn't until like the second half where they get to court and like that uh, and whatnot that I was just like, all right, now I'm getting invested in this. But I also firmly believe that every description of this movie, like the IMDb one of just like, if this was being made for the modern day, uh, the, the description would just be this young woman who, while not the best person in the world, has to constantly deal with all of these men projecting on her, and it's kind of exhausting for her. Yeah, I know they paint her as like an amoral, flimsy, like, oh, she's a temptress when all she does is like dance and yeah. kiss a guy. Yeah, she she smiles at any dude once, and suddenly they're just like, oh, I have to make you mine now. And I'm like... She's kind of the OG manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. It's like, is she the villain? I'm confused here. It's a, we were talking in our group chats, a stereotype is all the time, the wishy-washy art girl that mm -hmm. Criteria Cast knows very well, but it's uh, an archetype <laughs> that has been around since before sound. It's yeah, the, uh, yeah, the first, uh, the first cave person, like, like yeah. accidentally, like, stone cut bangs onto themselves, like, it was over. <laughs> that was it, that was the beginning of the decline. You're not like other Cro-Magnons. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go with like there's like a cave painting of like a girl like some cave woman with like the bangs. I'm like, yep, yeah, even they <laughs> with the bangs. Dude, she's got a she's got a tote bag filled with like farmers market merch. Like oh. <laughs> the fuck the birth of the art girl archetype uh, in the cave days was the Pandora's box that befell humanity. You know, no, you'd been hyping this up that it was like about Pandora's box, literally. I <laughs> came up once. No, that's what I thought. <laughs> and it was just a fucking metaphor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the hell. She is. She is Pandora's box. I was excited for like demons and gods to be like. I know. That's what I had all this. Some weird German expressionist horror, and then it's just about like some girly party too hard that she kills a couple people. Dude, I th I don't know. I thought I, that's what I that's what I thought it was gonna be, and it wasn't. But whatever. I still I still enjoyed it, you know. Yeah, my yeah. general impression is that I liked it. It was definitely a little like eating your vegetables, but once I got into yeah. it, it, I did sort of vibe with it. Um, there's there's definitely some asparagus and like broccoli and cauliflower in there, but it's mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Dude, the Jack the Ripper angle was so out of left field for me. I was gonna say like it's weird like yeah in general consensus of uh what's the way I put it I I think I really liked this movie but I think I liked it for all the reasons it did not want me to like this movie. <laughs> Wait, please, please elaborate. Yes, 
cook. Well, like, because the whole time you're spending the whole thing, like, I think they're really trying to sell that it's, like, her fault that all of these people's lives are being ruined. And, like, don't get me wrong, she does some dumb stuff. Like, that the like, in Act 3, she has, like, that theater moment when she gets super possessive. And, like, granted, yeah, that's kind of a dick move. Uh, and, like, she does, ha- she does have more than a couple of dick moves, but the other half of it is just her being, like, just being like, I don't know what I did wrong. And then smiling at somebody and the guy just going, well, I guess I'm just going to have to, uh, I'm just, I guess I'm just going to have to make you mine and, and spend my whole time trying to do that. I know that was kind of funny. The, the, oh, the doctor funny. guy is just like, well, I guess I'll marry Lulu. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. how did that progression start? You don't have to just because you got caught kissing her in a broom closet. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess I will be single now. It's such an option. <laughs> Instead of marry the BPD German floozy, who's gonna end up getting you accidentally manslaughtered? Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah, I I think I I think I enjoyed this movie um, a lot because I know so there I know this Italian girl who is literally just like this person, and she is also this is her favorite movie. And so I was like, okay, I want to understand this person because she is an enigma, dude. Like, I won't say what her name is, but she is like... Francesca. She is like, like, the most manipulative, like, wild woman I've ever met in my life. A lot of crazy shit happened. We should get her on the podcast. (laughs) I never never want to... I was not personally involved with her, but she like, she was like, oof, fucking with people hard lying anyway this is her favorite movie and she like idolized this character (laughs) and i was like we should have her on and we should call it yoko ono fucks up the criteria cast (laughs) (laughs) but only matter it is it's very it was like a it was like a like a psychological study for me watching this because i was like i'm looking into her mind you know like what makes this person tick (laughs) and it's like all right Cool. Yeah. Do you guys want to get into the plot? I'm going to go through it for all of our dumb fuck listeners who haven't seen the movie, which is, I would say, probably 99% of the world at this point. But uh, just for you listeners at home to get some context, this movie is about Lulu. She's the mistress of a respected middle-aged newspaper publisher. She's kind of like a, a floozy. She likes to have fun. She likes to dance. She likes to kiss and have a good time. So naturally, she's like enemy number one in Weimar, Germany. Um, she learns that her, what's the male version of a mistress is misters. She learns that her sugar daddy is going to get married. Uh, and she's like, no, don't do that. Like we, you don't have to. And he's like, all right. But then he finds out that there's that like bum dude is hanging out with her. And then he offers for her to join, uh, their variety act, which I'm, as soon as they said Variety Act, I was like, this movie's made in the 20s. Are already about to see some blackface? But luckily, that doesn't happen. Um, <sighs> shows. Yeah, so that was like Act 1. This movie split into like seven or eight acts. Um, act 1, I was not super invested. I gotta be real. I was checking uh, the watch a lot, which I don't have a watch, so that's saying something. But then they move on to the variety show performance, which I love watching like old movies where they have variety acts. And it's like, how is this entertaining? Like she's just walking out in a butterfly costume and people are cheering and losing their shit. Well, I think, Bar was low. Yeah. I, I, yeah. 
That's it. Yeah, the bar was low. There were yeah, there there stickball was like the peak of athleticism back then. So like you could only imagine how they would feel. Just be like color, huh? There's a there's a scene the very end where like their form of entertainment is a candle. <laughs> True, they did used to just watch boats leave. Like they would gather the family. It's that Mulaney joke about how they get dressed also, up to watch a boat leave. Yeah. Also, given the era, I think most of them were on like cocaine and opium. So seeing anything with with any sort of technicolor level would have been absolutely exciting for them. Yeah, Gabe, you're the history nut here. How? What was the debaucherous lifestyle during? Oh, it wasn't even considered debaucherous. Cocaine was just cocaine gum, and like it was also in soft drinks. So it's like, it wasn't even like. I mean, the the, the big thing was like booze and opium, but like also just on a day to day, you were eating cocaine like twenty four seven. Fucking awesome. Nom 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 nom. And not like pretty, not concentrated, but just enough to like get you going. So it's like. Which, like, I've seen uh, Cabaret, and she seems like she would fit in perfectly in that world. So I was kind of wondering why she's seen as this, like, super big harlot that everyone's like, oh, she's trouble. It's like, she's just Sally Bowles, but kind of tamer, honestly. Like, what what's the worst thing she does in this movie? She holds a gun while it's shot at somebody. I guess that's pretty bad. She does go to jail for manslaughter, or gets, uh, gets five years for manslaughter. That's pretty bad, but... Other than that, like, she's not that what, out of the mainstream. What, what 1920s Germany is this? Is this, like, 1927? Germany? 29. Yeah, this is Germany that got just dunked on. I think they were just looking for anybody to hate. Well, yeah, historically yeah. they were, but <laughs> we're not doing that game this week. I didn't make one of those. <laughs> there are games on this thing? Oh, yeah. Our, our last episode of M with Lewis, it was uh, also set around this time in Germany. And so we did a guessing game where we went through the cast and we had to guess who became a Nazi. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Was it only one person? Oh, it was no, multiple. it was like it was about five of the six. About five of them? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most of them. We could probably do that with this cast, but I didn't want to do that two weeks in a row. It would start to be a theme on this show. That was a recurring yeah. thing. Yeah, we've already established, though, that we are firmly anti-Nazi, anti-Kanye, and anti-Ryan Reynolds on this podcast. So Mostly anti-Ryan Reynolds, but yeah. I mean, He's like, yeah, I it was would, in no would, particular order. I would love further context on the anti-Ryan Reynolds thing, but I don't want to, like, tangent too far from, from what you got planned. Respectfully, do you, you need context for that? <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to take the context. We just kind of lump him in with the other two groups that we are anti, you know. They, okay. they take up the same space in our mind, relatively. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. They, they live in the same chamber. Yeah. So Lulu accidentally shoots her sugar daddy, and she gets tried uh, where they bring up the whole metaphor for Pandora's box because they're trying to paint her as, oh, she's a victim of circumstance. She grew up in cafes. She doesn't know how to act like a proper German lady. And then the, not the, the prosecutor is like, no, she is Pandora from Pandora's box, which I love as a legal argument, like introducing a courtroom. Imagine if like OJ's lawyers were just like, no, you don't see he's Icarus. <laughs> She's blue too close to the sun. Yeah, man, this movie would have been way fucking cooler if it was, if it, if it was like, okay, if like David Lynch made this, this movie. Hell yeah. There was like actually like a Pandora's box and there was like dark energy emanating from it. I don't know. That, that, I would I would have I would have enjoyed that. 
Well, David Lynch like actually that. does have a Pandora's box in Mulholland Drive. There's like a like a pseudo Pandora's box in the scene. That that like little blue box with like the triangle key. Mm -hmm. It's actually it's Pandora's box. Yeah. What were you saying? Nah, it was. Yeah, if there if there's anything the second Tomb Raider movie taught me is that Pandora's box can fix anything. I've never seen it. You're gonna have to elaborate on that. Yeah. That's the whole plot of the second Tomb Raider movie is they're trying to find Pandora's box. Why would they want to find that? It's like exactly that is my point. Well, it's like because it's either that or the Nazis get it. It's like basically that situation once again. So they they're just doing the Lost Ark, but with Pandora's yeah. box. Yeah, but with Pandora's box. Pandora's box is literally like the worst thing ever. You would never, ever, ever want to come across that, ever. It's literally like the artifact that holds all of the evils of the world. That If I saw exist. Pandora's box on the sidewalk, I'd walk away. Like, truthfully, I wouldn't open it. Yeah, yeah it's kind of a weird, like, like uh, lesson that that like, old myth teaches you. Because it's something like, she opened it because she was curious. Even though everyone was like, yeah, if you open this, like a shit ton of people are going to die and like the world's going to be horrible if yeah, you open I, this box. And she was like, ah, oh, I wonder like what will happen though. She just opens it. It's like, but I'm different. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's like the one ring argument with Lord of the Rings where it's just like, yeah, like, you know, this thing's like pure evil, but like, don't you just kind of want to know what's in there? Don't you could just want to know what it does? Like, like it's whole thing is designed to like try, like. The One Ring, Pandora's Box, they were the first clickbait articles. They were the first things you were just like, I gotta know. Top 10 monsters that will be unleashed on the world if you open this Yeah, box. exactly. Now that this, now that this like, thought has been developing, especially since you brought that up, Jalen, is, uh, yeah, this is pretty pretty much like slut shame the movie. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. if, we're going, if we're going by the logic of the metaphor, he's like, yeah, she's Pandora, and... If the man sleeps with her, then he's open Pandora's box, and all the evils get spread around, which is just like, all right, for sure, dude. I don't know. <laughs> and you must be a riot at parties. You be, you must be great must on be dates. Cool, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess all these guys are just kind of like falling in love on the first date, and like, there's a certain extent where I don't blame them because she she is just so alluring. Like she is beautiful but uh, they can't you can't just like be like oh she's gorgeous and then i'm gonna put my problems on you and now we're in love i kind of want to loop around to the lord of the rings analogy <laughs> go off gabe Do it. i was gonna say about the whole like he keeps putting the ring on it's because it feels so good like you know it must be like i don't know why it must be it must be orgasmic right because it's like whenever he's like oh that fucking ring. You're just holding the ring and you're just like jizzing. Fuck. Because like I can't, I can't imagine like why, why it must feel good. You wouldn't keep putting the ring on and going invisible. I mean, Is the I ring a metaphor for like drug abuse? I've never looked into the Lord of the Rings, but now that I think um, about it. Like, uh, Gerald Tolkien has, like, notoriously been, like, no, he doesn't really care for allegory, but it basically is just, like, a whole thing about greed and power um, that, like, corrupts you. Like, especially with World War Two and World War One of like, we have the thing that could absolutely end the war right now, but all it will cost you is your soul kind of situation. Shh, don't spoil Oppenheimer for me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't looked up something that's been around for about 90 years, I don't think you're ever going to look it up. I'm be honest with you. You goddamn right. Spoilers. <laughs>
Um, anyway, so after uh, she gets five years thrown at her, uh, her friends help her escape by pulling the fire alarm. Uh, they go on this train where they meet a dude who says he can get them on a boat. I gotta be real around here. I started zoning out a little and making the outline. I was like, all right, I've seen an hour of this. I have enough to talk about. The rest of it, I'm going to kind of skim. I thought the plot was kind of weird at that point. Because he, he just bumps on this random guy. He's like, hey, give me $5,000. I'm clearly trustworthy. Yeah. Now come to my establishment. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with this fucking Alva guy? I definitely was not following the like last couple acts. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed, is what I was getting out of this. Yeah, I gotta say, if I was in 1920s Germany and some random dude said that he would help me escape, I would absolutely not <laughs> believe him. Well, he, he, <laughs> said, he said he'll help you escape right after extorting you. Yeah, I think the only person I would trust less is someone in 1940s Germany. There's like yeah, a three-decade right. period where I would just not trust a single German with anything. Yeah, it didn't seem like a fun place to like hang out. Yeah. I mean, Cabaret makes it look like a hoot and a holler. Everyone's just having weird threesomes. But I don't know, man. Have you seen the ending of Cabaret? Well, I mean, you know, up to a certain point. <laughs> Everything has to end. Let's talk about Cabaret. I love that movie and show. I like, I like Threesomes. I could be into that movie. I haven't seen it, but you know, Threesomes is a pretty good selling point. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a big part of the movie, so it's not even like I'm overhyping it. Like a big part is that they're in a throuple. Oh, it's, oh, it's debauchery. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I. Oh man, hang on. Can I tell you all a story regarding Cabaret, or is that going to be... Absolutely, no. Go on. As many tangents as you have, throw them out. As many tangents as Nobody's I Nobody's seen this movie. we got to keep our audience. Yeah, no. Uh, so here's a fun one. Back during uh, junior college, uh, the theater program there, they decided they were going to do a production of Cabaret. And I was in a theater class at the moment. that was uh, So I had to like go there and like analyze it and whatnot. And the biggest note I had of it is... I didn't care for the acting of the guy who played the main guy. And weirdly enough, uh, I thought the better actor, male actor in that cast was the guy who was cast as the Nazi. Um, but here, and also the double thing about it that always confused me is like, one, I think the guy playing the Nazi is a way better actor than the main guy. But also, why did they cast a black guy to play a Nazi? Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, the, the one named Nazi character in this production of Cabaret was a black man who was, in my opinion, a significantly better actor than the main guy. Hmm. So I'm just like, I feel like you're missing a point here, buddy. I mean, that's cool. It's like colorblind casting, but at the same time, maybe there's some characters where you don't have to you color. Don't, you don't have to colorblind cast a Nazi. <laughs> we're, all, we're, all the, like, we're all the Nazis black or just one? Uh, just the one named one, the one that got dialogue, the one that had like a personality. Word. Huh, that's uh... <laughs> <laughs> it takes a moment to, pro like it took me so long to process, it was just like, this feels like, ah yes, you know, the, you know, the Third Reich has an inclusivity program. This is... <laughs> We did learn last week that they were open to gay people, which was kind of odd. Also, also of like they, they don't seem like they accepting type. Of, you know? of like all the characters to like <laughs> be colorblind on, they choose like one of the worst groups of like people ever. Yeah, yeah. have him be like the MC or something. Like, yeah, yeah, he would have done a great job. 
there's like four other parts in that show that like are specifically supposed to be blind casting and they're like okay but what about the one that's just the embodiment of evil like can we have him play that yeah yeah that bad guy be not white that's crazy <laughs> that is not like, i don't know what message you're trying to send here guys like nah, why is not why is the only black guy in the cast the nazi i don't understand but real I, real quick is so was it um what cast was this again sorry cabaret no, cabaret no, okay, but like what was it like the original broadway or what was it no it wasn't like the original bro it was um i was at junior college and the theater program there they decided to do cabaret oh okay 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 yeah yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry i, I blanked out on that that's interesting as hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah um that's a good show and Good movie. If it's ever on Criterion, I'll add it to the slate, but it's not. Jalen, what's your relationship to the Criterion Collection, Criterion Channel, Criterion as a brand? Criterion as a whole and as a brand, I love the fact that Criterion is the kind of program that where it's like, oh, we're going to try and preserve movies that we think have historical significance. I have a decent number of them myself. I sold a, I used to work at a Barnes & Noble, so I used to sell them myself, and that's oh. why I started learning more about them. So... Um, I would always let people know like the insider scoop of just like for people for didn't know it's like hey like three days before the next like November or whatever and be like hey I just want uh, all my film friends who find this relevant the Criterion Collection is about to have their 50% off sale that they always do at Barnes Noble like at least once a year. Oh that's always an exciting day when they announce that the 50% off sale. There was one summer where I had been working two jobs for like a year so I just had way too much cash like more cash than I needed at the time and I just went ham. 50% off sale. That was yeah. when I developed an unhealthy relationship with a brand of physical media. I think I still think one of the best choices they ever did was they made a Guillermo del Toro box set because I fucking love that man. I won't watch any movie that he makes. I love I love GDT. His Pinocchio was one of my faves of last year. Uh, you kept pitching uh, physical media to us while you were doing it. I was like, cool. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm genuinely on that. Like, just every streaming service is unreliable. Disney Plus is taking, like, half their shit off right now. Mm -hmm. Like, HBO Max removes stuff at a whim. And unless you want to, like, just have media that you can't access anywhere, like, physical media is the best way. Also, I do like the way it looks on my shelf. I like seeing titles uh, of movies that I remember that, and have seen. That, that, is, yeah. that is another point, the last one, but I will um, raise you on pirating. <laughs> I mean, I get yeah. If you want a 720p version of the movie you're watching, then yeah, pirate it. You get like full ass. Yeah, you can yeah. get 1080p for sure. 1080p, get the fuck out of here. 4k, baby. 4K, I've okay. tasted 4k. Okay, okay. I'm just saying, on a pinch, in a pinch, you can't find something. You get all these 4k restorations. I like special features. I like commentaries. I like I booklets. I also I love those right things. Criterion channel is pretty good. It's like it's just the satisfaction of doing like, oh, if my internet went out, I can still watch this. Exactly. Yeah. Also, they're usually better quality. They very rarely lag. Um, there, you don't have to worry about your internet. I don't know. I'm a physical media king, so I'll beat that drum until yeah. I die. I will be hanging out of your place because you're gonna have all the movies. Oh, you'll come crying to me then after doubting me for years. Until then, I'm not gonna take you seriously. I'll spitefully play with <laughs> sticks. I love taking the stance of being anti-physical media on the Criterion podcast. <laughs> Fuck these loser discs for babies.
<laughs> I just, I just don't. I just like to play devil's advocate when I say. I just, I don't, I just like, I like streaming stuff. It's easy. I think streaming is going to lead to the death of film. Um, so after they're on a gambling <laughs> ship, her friend uh, Alva, Alva, whatever the fuck his German ass name is, uh, he gets caught cheating in cards. Uh, yada yada yada. I wasn't paying attention. Then Lulu oh, ends yeah. up with Jack the Ripper. Yeah, it was a. Uh, if I may I go back, like to that gambling ship thing. Everything goes to hell on that gambling ship. I I remember that was the scene where it's like, all right, now I'm getting invested because there's people betting money on things. Because like during the gambling ship, it was like, yeah, Al was like losing money constantly. The that that dumb strongman character yeah. uh, is now yeah. like. Yeah, is now like also like getting like sugar babied and he's like trying to like get money and then they're gonna sell her Lulu off to like an Egyptian man who wants a harem who is definitely not being played by, by an Egyptian person. Wait, what? Rodrigo just dies and they I don't think they ever established why Rodrigo, the big strong guy. Um I had I Oh no, it was so if I'm remembering right when I was watching it, because I, I I had the had the benefit of other people screaming about it at the same time with me it was just so and this was very confusing because it was like one of those weird things again where she's like sitting on the old man's lap kind of implying it's like he was a previous sugar daddy i don't know what and the next thing you know they go you know he goes to rodrigo and says oh the girl who's very obviously a lesbian likes you and lulu goes to the lesbian and who the lesbian absolutely has a crush on lulu because who the fuck doesn't have a crush on lulu in this movie uh it's just like do it uh, it's like do it go married rodrigo like if you do this like i won't end up in a harem and i won't end up sold off to the highest bidder it's like please do this for me and then rodrigo gets drunk tries to pull some shit we don't go there and then like five minutes later she walks out and he's dead so i can only assume what happened okay yeah i I'll be honest, the casino scene was pretty frantic and I didn't really feel like reading at the moment, so I feel like a lot of people are going over my head. <laughs> I feel like this is like four gist. people with ADHD like trying to watch a silent movie. <laughs> Fuck, it was hard. I'll be real. I mean, you know, at a certain point, can you? it's such an old art form and so out of sync with like what we were raised on and how we are able to view a film not to say that i'm like silent movies are bad i love silent movies some of my favorite ones are silent it's just i do have kind of this barrier between me and some silent movies like you know talky dramas that are silent movies are harder for me to get into than say like an adventure or charlie chaplin movie because those rely so little on dialogue that it doesn't matter it's all about the staging of the frame and the bits and the action versus this where it's about plot and character and no one's allowed to say a word. Well, I, I can respect silent films, but I don't know if I could if I could just do this. Like I, I, I it's yeah, I don't know. This is pretty rough. I mean, I, and I agree with your point. Like a Charlie Chaplin film speaks for itself. It doesn't really need to, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Weirdly, I have a thing where I'm like, I like silent films more than like some of like the early talkies, like the. 40s talkies like i don't know i just uh yeah i think a lot of the times the 40s talkies got a little lazier with their uh like what how they compose a frame or a picture because they relied so much on just actual dialogue and talking that it's all just like a wide shot of four characters in frame versus here where they have to use camera tricks and framing and they have to be more exaggerated so that you understand what's going on 
it's more it's more stimulating for me too because it's just so much different from the the normal like modern formula yeah you're literally witnessing an art form that just doesn't exist anymore and if it does it's an homage yeah i think i think that shit's cool you know and it's sometimes with this might be boneheaded to say but sometimes with like older talkies i'm kind of like I'm not really getting anything out of this that I couldn't be getting out of like something newer and this is kind of putting me to sleep because there's not like an actor I really care about or like not that there has to be like a newer actor to care about it but like if it doesn't have like Cary Grant or something you know I'm kind of just like snoozing off because like the shot composition isn't that exciting or something you know and it's ordinarily it would have been like a great movie you know but yeah. it's I, I have a hard time with attention with some of those those older yeah, it, ones. It it doesn't help that like Pandora's box is definitely one of those like silent films where they have like paragraph long dialogues and so you just have to sit there and read a paragraph. Yeah. Yeah, like I didn't yeah. say fucking, fucking book. This is a movie. Yeah. That's that's pretty boneheaded to say, but like fuck dude. I could be reading a book at this point. I had this the one of the most famous silent films of all time is The Passion of Joan of Arc. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that, but that's like always cited as an example of how to show uh acting on screen and i thought it was the fucking snooziest snooze because it's everything is shot in a close-up and it's just paragraphs of stuff you have to read and it's this like courtroom drama but you know it's silent so it's just someone going like bah. <laughs> and then a paragraph of text are they reading the like are they reading the script out and they're doing those like they have to be right. I mean, if singing in the rain is to believe, sometimes they just do their personal drama uh, on set, but make it look like they're saying the script. Yeah. Just they're just doing also, peas and carrots. I'm, and sh <laughs> I'm sure this was like most of them were speaking German, and then she was speaking English and type shit. You know. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't understand what the other person was saying. Louise Brooks, at least. Louise Brooks, who she was not uh, originally going to be cast, even though she was G.W. Pabst. G.W. Pabst. His first choice. Uh, she was unavailable, and so he met with Marlena Dietrich to have her star in the movie. And literally, while she was in the waiting room to meet with him, uh, G.W. Pabst. G.W. Pabst got a call that louise brooks was available for the movie and so he said fuck out marlena damn i don't blame him that's fucked up but like she's so great mm -hmm. she did such a good job i do want to say one thing she's mesmerizing to watch mm -hmm. we glossed over this but dr shown has a fucking monocle oh my god one of my notes was that he dramatically takes off his monocle at one point that yeah. was so I have, uh, uh, I need y'all to know that I was like taking notes and like I couldn't remember Dr. Sean's name, so I just kept calling him Monopoly Man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The penguin. Yeah, that is and, like, the defining characteristic is that he is Monopoly Man. And like I, the, the act of having the monocle, I'm just like, you can tell this man is stressed and angry on like a low undercurrent because he has to be flexing his face constantly to keep that monocle on. Dude, this guy has to die of cancer. If he didn't kill, if he didn't get shot, this guy is a guy, the, the kind of guy that would stress himself into cancer. Just, uh, oh, doc, Dr. Sean, Dr. Scone. I don't know. I don't, I don't speak German. It, it, it doesn't matter either way. It's a, it's a gross language. Dr. Strange. 
All right, let's get into the Pandora's production of it all. Uh, it's not terribly exciting. It's like three paragraphs. But uh, this is based off of a very famous German play uh, of the same name. Lulu is like a national treasure in Germany. So Louise Brooks' casting was controversial at the time and was met with a lot of outcry because it's such an iconic German role being played by some Hollywood floozy. Um, but people were won over when they saw her performance um the it movie, feels very like poetic to the yeah right the actual movie yeah everyone doubts lulu they doubt louise louise is similar to lulu in at least letters um yeah maybe she was born to play it after all um yeah so the movie came out and it was very scandalous upon release there was actually a lot of things cut for it uh, they were censored. The version we saw is the stuff is the version with all of it put back in. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to read some of the things that were cut. Uh, so in France, the film was significantly edited. Blah blah blah, uh, making Alwa's secretary and countess become Lulu's childhood friend, eliminating the lesbian subplot between the countess and Lulu. Uh, Lulu is not found guilty at her trial, and there is no Jack the Ripper character. As the film ends with Lulu joining the Salvation Army. Uh, huh? Uh, okay. I'm just like, how do they get to the plot points if you take out the stuff that happens? In it? Like, they took out everything that happened in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I did want to say one thing that made me laugh. Um, it made me giggle. I was like, um, when, when they got to the sixth act, I was like, just thinking to myself, um, if you just say that in German, it's sex act. And you're like, ah, sex act. <laughs> 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 also, like, what a, there were eight acts, right? That's kind of a weird number. Yeah, maybe it's a German thing where like eight is different. There, Germany's a weird ass country. I, I think they were trying to treat it like scenes rather than acts because they never maybe leave acts. the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, eight acts, like, I don't know, that doesn't feel, yeah, like you guys are saying, but like, I. Hmm. A nine uh, would make more sense. Or yeah, nine. 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 Or three. You want to know the German word for nine? They said nine to nine. That's what that's what happened. <laughs> they say you you want you want ten X, right? No, nine. You want nine? Nine. Eight. What? You could do a whole who's on <laughs> oh, first shit. routine. <laughs> oh no. Divided by three into three equal parts. Yeah, there, there's a there's a whole uh, there's a whole act missing where Lulu uh, Lulu talks to a sea captain and he decides he's gonna go fight a white whale for her or something. Mm -hmm. That was cut. That's how they end up in London. Like Moby Dick. Yeah, if Jack the Ripper is gonna be in this movie, why not? Uh, why not Ahab? All right, let's bring let's bring every insecure man in literature into this movie to fall in love with Lulu. Was Jack the Ripper even still around? He was like the 1800s. Yeah, dude, that would be that would be kind of sick though if they, no. if she, no, 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 all these like famous like literary male characters just like like Sherlock um, Holmes. <laughs> that would be kind of that would be kind of dope actually. I would have I would have been more into that. She's just friends with Dracula or something. Blackbeard falls in love and starts simping for her. <laughs> I was pitching this to a uh, friend of the show, Addy Bass, the other day. But like, what if after Disney's done uh, making live action remakes of all of their movies, they start making live action remakes of just like public domain stuff? So you get like Disney's live action Dracula or something like that. I mean, that'd be, I, 
I'd be more into that. Than... I, I don't I, know. I don't know if I'd be okay with hearing Dracula doing MC with MCU dialogue. I don't know if I can. <laughs> so that's I don't what know just if I can world that does that. I want to suck your blood. Oh, did I just say that? Yeah. Does that sound weird? Dracula absolutely eviscerates a man in front of uh, in front of uh, Edward Barlow and just like and Dragon goes, "Oh, will that just happen?" It's like, <laughs> okay, here we go. I, I feel like if someone remade this and like did it correctly, it would be very cool, like a very cool movie, like moving away from like the whole like slut shamey vibe into like actual like Pandora's box into like a modern setting that's like more so in like the early uh 20th century well this yeah, movie like, is pretty progressive for the time so i think it would definitely work well now because the lesbian subplot uh i have it in trivia that she's the first uh lesbian character in cinema according to film scholars and i was just watching the scenes i was like god damn if they did this in a disney live action remake bringing it back they would have like three press releases about how it's finally disney has an openly gay character because they danced with another girl yeah and they were doing this all the way back in fucking 1929. Yeah, it's just part of the story there. It's not like, oh, LeFou has two shots where he looks at another man. Yeah, did they, um, did they cut, did they, so, uh, sorry if you said this already, did they cut oh, out the lesbian subplot? Who's a... Yeah, you, you said they did. Yeah. Who's Captain, speaking of potentially gay Disney characters, who's Captain Hook's fucking um, second mate? Oh, it's Mr. Me. Shmee. Oh, so gay. You know, he's definitely gay for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like... I didn't see the live action re remake. Maybe they made him pansexual. Listen here. All right. All right, guys. So that's this episode of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm, I'm the one with the podcast now. Yeah, you take over. Uh, have fun. You can edit it. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to give it back to you. Um... <laughs> Um, we did production. Let's do some Pandora's trivia. Um, so the character of Lulu, the free-spirited and sexually promiscuous Berlin flapper, her iconic haircut, blatant sexuality, and manner of dress momentarily influenced the model of what became known as the new modern woman in Europe and the United States. Oh. Mm -hmm. She was a real Ramona Flowers of her day. I get it, man. I saw that face, man. <laughs> so wait, you're telling me that she walked so Ramona Flowers could run? It's probably like she walked so there's like seven steps could run in between her and Ramona Flowers. You can trace back the wishy-washy art girl. Uh, there's one every decade. There's your Annie Halls of the world. Your Zoe Deschanel. That was her entire career. Yeah, Harold and Maude. Yeah, that's a wishy-washy art grandma. Dude, yeah, something about that haircut with her facial features just lends itself to such an iconic image. Yeah, like, it's also like they always pose her in a way where it's like she has to like look up at you with her big eyes and I'm just mm -hmm. like, how can I be mad at this face? How how could I how could I do it? She's just like like little old me. I'm like, okay, here we go. I could never commit manswater. Yeah. I'm gonna be real, I wasn't feeling her. I was really? like, right. <laughs> she's not really your type, Gabe. True. She's my type. Yeah, she's <laughs> verbatim Noah's type. <laughs> I would it, honestly, I was surprised you haven't dated Lulu. 
I know. Well, it's, I mean, different time periods, man. I would have. I mean, conversationally, it's hard to get anything off the ground. She can't talk. <laughs> no, I. Yeah, no, Louise did a really good job. She, if it was real life, she would be talking. I think she looks exactly like Phoebe Waller Bridge. I don't Who's that? She's Fleabag. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was. Which, fun fact, she played a character named Lulu in a show that she was in. I can't remember the name, but Addie made me watch it, and it was okay. <laughs> it was good. I liked it. Probably will never watch it again. <laughs> it was okay. It was, it was, it was okay. <laughs> uh, this marked the first of three films produced in Europe for Louise Brooks. Brooks remarked she much preferred her European films because she felt they challenged her as an artist. But she admitted the European films proved more exhausting than those filmed in Hollywood. I believe it. I mean, what was the, what were her Hollywood films? Um, a, a train leaves a station. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever films were back then. A man goes for a walk. <laughs> it quite literally was just the train driving by, like not too long before but, this. I guess. I guess you know it was just getting started so i mean you could be revolutionary just it's always like they were in 75 pictures across their five-year career they were all like <laughs> 10 minutes long several of them were filmed at the exact same time yeah <laughs> i'm gonna be real i took only got like 24 different films that she's done huh. mr bean goes to hollywood no <laughs> mr bean go yeah she That's was actually in eternals Mr. Bean goes to Weimar, Germany. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will <laughs> say it was very refreshing at the beginning of the movie. Like, it was during that era when they did the credits at the beginning of the movie. Love that shit. Uh, and I love that shit because I also have the thought of just like, you think there's going to be an after credit scene after this? Or. <laughs> I'm. I'm now. Just, I just can't get the image of Mr. Bean at the Nuremberg trials out of my head now. <laughs> How do you plead? <laughs> he's their key witness and he's just like describing it with his weird pantomime i'm not gonna do it on camera but you can imagine it in your head um according to louise brooks memoir lulu in hollywood alice roberts was not aware that her character was a lesbian until filming began and was initially opposed to her character being attracted to lulu gw pabst gw pabst convinced Roberts to pretend that she was making love to Pabst, who was standing just off camera. <laughs> that was my favorite part of that trivia was the second part. I'm just imagining your director like, okay, so in this scene, you're fucking me. Go. <laughs> so, so I know it's going to be hard for you to get aroused, you know, so just with a, a sex that you're not attracted to, but I'm sexy as fuck, so just imagine <laughs> that you're fucking me. Like, I like to imagine he did like like they did like a, like he like gave her like real zesty stare. He's like, "What was me though?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a I have a question. It's probably a dumb one. Is so the director George Wilhelm Pabst? Is there is there any relation to Pabst Blue Ribbon? Uh yeah. Okay, I didn't want to say it because it feels cliche coming out of my mouth. It's it funny. is, but like, and I feel it feels like a dumb question. But then you got to remember that Army Hammer is is from is related to the arm and hammer found it like company no. like what? he is yeah. he's named after his grandfather who founded the company armand hammer the company is literally a pun on his name Depo, baby we got another one yeah i feel <laughs> I, I, i'm gonna go with probably not but 
I would love to be be funny. It was named after Johann Gottlieb Friedrich Pabst, who was a steamship captain. Oh, well, I guess it... If he was a steamship captain, then it's equally as possible that it could have, yeah. <laughs> I'm not showing any relation to G.W. Pabst. G.W. Pabst. But, fuck it, they're German, who knows. German cinema in the 20s. I like this bit. I might edit in that clip every time we say his name. G.W. Pabst. G.W. Pabst. I'm, I'm Michael Fassbender. Um, Louise Brooks's highly influential Bob hairdo is referred to as a Lulu to this day. Oh, yeah, that's fun. I had I had heard that before. A Lulu hair. Now I know the source, and I don't know what to do with that information, but I know it. Hang on. Now I have the thought about the brand name Lululemon. Is that where they got the word Lulu from? Does this all trace back to a movie that un until this podcast episode drops, no one's heard of? Yeah, it's like it's like no, uh, it's it's the secret behind it all. It's the conspiracy web that is currently behind you that like Charlie Day is ranting about. It all connects to Pandora's box. And it all Do comes back see? to Criteria Cast. I feel like, well, yeah. oh man, I feel like that needs to be memed on a page. That <laughs> that imagery is yeah. old. Yeah, you can edit that. I don't want to. I'll get, I'll get, I'll, I'll download Adobe Photoshop and then do uh, Mr. Bean at the Nuremberg Trials. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, in 2009, Hugh Hefner funded a restoration of the film. The restoration was screamed at the 2012 San Francisco Silent Film Festival. In their program, the festival noted as a heavily censored film that deals with the psychological effects of sexual repression, Pandora's Box meets two of Hefner's charitable objectives artistic expression and a pristine new film both finally unfurled after decades of frustration hmm. something tells me that those are not hugh hefner's prime objectives <laughs> i mean i don't think he's got any prime objectives left to be honest with you oh r.i.p a real one pour one out yeah. rest in peace Hugh hefner r.i.p hef you're a real one i'm sure you did horrible stuff but i've never looked it up and i don't really want to if you guys have ever seen Hugh Hefner sit down, like on, like on the floor, he sits so weird. I don't know why this is just like really like ingrained in my memory. But I like what? Is he like crisscross applesauce? Like no, nah, dude. He's like he's got like both legs splayed outwards. Like his <laughs> knees are like touching. Is this a specific picture, Gabe? No, I've just seen it. I've seen him on TV when he's like old as fuck. And he was just doing that on the so right now I'm looking up Hugh Hefner sitting and I gotta say it's pretty normal. Yeah, I'm I'm like not catching it. I mean he's on like a, a cheetah print couch, but other than that, it's normal. It was just it was that one episode where like uh Sofia Cop uh, Coppola was on like his, Oh I know uh, I know what you're talking about. Oh when he's like laying on the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. okay, now I know what you're talking about. You girls heard of the Godfather? No, what's that? Do you know who Francis Ford Coppola is? No. Yeah, he did look like kind of a Sheriff Woody doll just laying on a bed in that episode. So I'll give you that. I mean, the man has had no muscle mass uh, at all. So like he's he's being held up by he was being held up by strings for the last 20 years. It's a marionette. He's like, my champion. 
I, I like to imagine they're like weekend at Bernie's in like in like in like the fucking um, bunny house where they just kind of like like with the girl who's dragging his corpse along. <laughs> yeah, like it's it. I would say like because Hugh was alive, but he was getting so it's more like a ratatouille situation. So oh, like yeah. I'm guessing there was like a little rat underneath Hugh Hefner's like toupee or something that's keeping his body moving. I like to imagine there's a gerbil in that case because I feel like that would be like a real popular. Yeah, that's a more sexual uh, rodent. <laughs> I feel. Yeah, there's there's the new game for this episode. Which which rodent is the most sexual? Capybara. I was gonna say Lola Bunny because I know way too many people who saw Lola Bunny and was like, oh boy. You know, I need names. Yeah, that's a sexual awakening right there for some people. <laughs> you need names. Uh, you. Need <laughs> <laughs> I saw Space Jam all the time as a kid. Lola Bunny never did anything to me. You know why? She's a Space fucking like, bunny. She's sexy. She's kind of. <laughs> there are two side. There are two wolves inside you. You gotta feed one. Yeah. Jessica Rabbit, though. Banging. Mm. She's not an animal, though. She's not a rodent. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't really want to fuck animals. If I gotta be perfectly honest. <laughs> okay, that's very valid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Podcast is over. I feel, I feel like you're like shaming like people. You know. I look. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. You know, if you want to fuck animals. Like to, what if people like to fuck animals? What's wrong with that, dude? I'd say real animals don't don't do that generally. Why? I don't think. Any of them can give consent, but you know, if you well, have that desire, maybe keep it to yourself. Well, AJ, I mean, I'm pretty sure that we had no women listening to us, but now all the white women have tuned out. Dude, what if, um, <laughs> you even heard, you even heard that stereotype? White women fucking their dogs? I've, you said this a few different times in the game, and I'm, this isn't even the first episode you've said that on, and I've never heard that stereotype. <laughs> I immediately feel unsafe. Like, what the hell's going on? White women fuck their dogs. Yeah, it's like a. Is, is, you guys know that one? I am Googling this now and I'm so scared of what I'm going to do. I find. refuse. I refuse Google to Google that. it. I don't need the NSA agent who's spying on me to see that. All right. All right, I'm going to put. I got to think about him or her. AJ, why would you Google that? It just comes up on Twitter every once in a while. AJ, if I was a freak, would you still be friends with me? Um, honestly, yeah, that'd be really funny. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you like put effort into your costumes, your fursuits, your fursonas. If you were just some like haphazard furry who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm like kind of a furry, then no, you gotta commit. But if you got a full mascot head, then yeah, bust it out at a party. Let's get weird. Bust a move. Busting. So Gabe, I gotta be real. I've not found any <laughs> anything about white women fucking dogs. Are you sure this is not like like a really vivid dream you had one day and you just want it to be real? It's, it's, there's been several women posting online on that, Twitter. That they fuck their dogs? Yeah. So the thing about Twitter is that they curate it for what your interests are. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, don't, don't you fucking come at me like that. It was what it was. So what was it, it the people you follow, or was it for you your for you page no, no, no. game? No, 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 it was it was the meme pages on TikTok that post Twitter content. Dude, I feel like you're you're just getting shoved down the hole right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm bringing up this fucking diet. 
Because now AJ has twisted my words. Dude, this is fucking horrible. Yeah. I'm slowly learning how many feet Gabe has because he's slowly putting all of them in his mouth. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat everything Gabe says like it's a fact. So I'm going to go around just believing that white women fuck dogs now. It is a fact. Like, just like tell people that. Anytime you meet a white woman, just be like, disgusting. Yeah, just like nothing. Just like, <laughs> she's like, what? I mean, you guys, know what you did, guys. Yeah. It is it is obviously a fact. I've read it on a Snapple bottle, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking. About. <laughs> Do you think Lulu fucked the dog? Would be what? Do you think Lulu ever fucked the dog? Bring you back to the movie? I think the dog wanted to fuck Lulu, and I don't think Lulu I wanted think to. Lulu was, was fucking a lot of things, but I don't think she fucked a dog. No a horse. She probably she smelled the dog. The dog wanted to, and she's like, "Oh, you're so sweet," but no, I have a sugar daddy. Right, because everything, every living animal and this person in this movie wants to fuck Lulu, so. I mean, German's into some weird sex shit. That's literally where, like, poop porn comes from, is Shiza porn. I dropped my pencil. Shiza! Germany. I'm learning so much today. (laughs) We like to be an informative podcast, first and foremost. You know, if we make you laugh, that's whatever. But we want to make you learn and make you think. I'm so I'm so glad we're we're shifting paradigms in this in this podcast. I've yeah. honestly felt that we need to spend less time talking about the actual topics of our <laughs> episodes. Yeah, we're like dude, we're too informative. Like I feel like two of the three hosts are confirmed have ADHD. I don't know what they're expecting. <laughs> like I can count myself. Which which, which two is it? Because. I feel like it's that's, definitely that's, me. That's right? the game, right? Well, it's like Gabe always, you and I kind of switch off. Yeah. There was yeah. literally an episode we recorded where I fell asleep while we were recording it. <laughs> yeah. This Someday is the quality I'm, content that you're looking for I'm out here. Like, I, then it's just like, there's no linear thoughts. It's just like, oh, this shiny thing over here, this shiny thing over here. Um. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do the last piece of trivia, then let's move on to some one star reviews. Uh, last piece of trivia. Uh, I don't know if you guys know him, but Quentin Tarantino listed this among the ten greatest films ever made. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> hmm. Just imagining. Uh, actually, I'm gonna pull up the other ten that he considers the greatest of all time. Yeah, That's actually, I want to look that up too. Like, I can't like trust Ed, his taste at all because he's like into dog shit half the time. So it's just like. He's, he just loves to talk, and I just don't trust his opinions on everything. Alright, I have it. Uh, oh my god, there's a whole... He wrote it out by hand, and it looks like the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> I'll, I'll link... I'll send a picture in the group <laughs> chat. But, uh, uh... Okay, so his number one movie of all time, uh, he has as the good, the bad, and the ugly. He says that's his favorite movie of all time. That's that's hell good. yeah. That's a pretty respectable one to have as your favorite. Which yeah. cool. I actually saw that movie at the theater he owns. So Quinty, I feel like we'd be friends. Come on the podcast. Yeah. Um his next three he says are interchangeable and they are Rio Bravo, Blowout, and Taxi Driver. Alright. Yeah. I gotta say blowout and taxi driver, I kinda get they're a little bit on the same wavelength. Uh, Rio Bravo does not seem interchangeable with the other two movies at all. Yeah. It's like a very sleepy western. John Wayne, Dean Martin is a 
boo a booze hound in that movie if you can believe it really yeah he sings a he sings a very pretty song called my rifle my pony and me my rifle my pony and me um like a bumper sticker you can see on a pickup truck now <laughs> my other ride is my pony and my rifle um Why his next <laughs> my next ride is my rifle uh his next uh, movies are his girl friday uh banger i love his girl friday five fingers of death never heard it uh clear, actually he has pandora's box at number seven what's below pandora's box uh, number eight is Carrie. Number nine is Unfaithfully Yours. Ten is Five Graves to Cairo. And then he put in 11th is Jaws. Okay, I haven't heard of like those three of those last ones. Yeah. I'm... Carrie, but... Who the fuck is Jaws, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, who? <laughs> it's the sequel to Jaw. And then the sequel after that, two Jaw, two S. Jaws three, Tokyo Drift. Jaws with a Z. I mean, Jaws four is called like Jaws four: The Revenge or something. Out of all the Fast and Furious movies, Tokyo Drift is the only tolerable one. Never seen to um, any of them. Still, still How dare you? Shit. Fast and, and Furious wrong. franchise should be on the Criterion Collection. Hell yeah! There's a new one coming out. Are you oh, guys excited? Oh, it's it's out. Uh, Mo went uh, went to like uh, went there this weekend, and the, like every it. time I hear more about the Fast and Furious movies, I'm more like, this is just anime. Like they just turn they just turn this car racing movie franchise into an anime, and I'm not mad about that. I'm just more like, I need to know how I got here, because the last thing I watched was Fast Five, where they drove a safe around Brazil like it's a wrecking ball. Dude, honestly, if they turned Fast and Furious into an anime, I'd be there for it instantly. I feel like that'd slap. That'd be sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do some one-star reviews now. Uh, so this first review comes from user known as Seth Cole, and that's uh, Seth spelled the normal way, K-O-L-E, for all of our Criteria Cats to go find their page and harass them mercilessly. Seth Cole said... Watched this little ditty with the film kids and IDK what the fuck this even was about. To be fair, I was a little drunk when I watched it, but now that I'm writing this, I am sober and still have no idea what it's about. It's okay. I don't think it's that complicated, but yeah, for sure. I gotta say, like, the first act, I was kind of like, what's this movie about? I thought this was about Pandora's box. My friend Noah had told me it's about Pandora's box. Look, dude, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't read that much about it, I, yeah. I was just like that would be cool that's a cool myth i hope it's it, it, it's they actually do it we all wanted them to do it and they didn't do it so i know also I mean, there's only like say it again i genuinely thought pandora's box was actually going to show up for this i know that would have been so fucking cool it would have been wild if just halfway through they introduced the actual pandora's box it goes from like a courtroom scene to them opening all the evils upon the world yeah <laughs> Dude, I'm just like, imagine this, and they were like, oh my god. I just have the imagery in my head, and it's so cool, and it's just, this just wasn't what I wanted it to be. I still liked it in general, but, oh man. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> it was I will good. say there were, if I may, I, there were highlights in here that I really enjoyed about the movie. Like, 
I think the the moment I loved Louise Brooks as this character was when she was in court and she had that like intricate like veil outfit on and then she like looks out into the crowd and it's like one brief second she realizes that like none of these people take her seriously because they're too busy just noticing how pretty she is and she puts the veil on and it was like a true moment of sadness and there was just like damn okay this movie finally got me got me in act six but it did get me <laughs> there was a bit of a disconnect for me in this movie because like everyone was like this girl's so fucking hot and i was like i don't know man Gabe's like mid five <laughs> i'm not saying she wasn't pretty i just did she just didn't do it for me i'm like i don't get it i don't that is the thing with like old timey movies and they're kind of like sex pots of the day like if you ever seen any may west movie all the guys are like oh my god she's so sexy she's like oh i want to i'm all horned up for her right now and then she's just like wearing a long dress and has like kind of a lazy eye look up <laughs> may west she looks like one of the witches from hocus pocus I think Louise Brooks is a smoke show. I, I wouldn't like, you know, commit manslaughter over her, but she was good. She's cool. I, I mean, get if, why people if, liked her. If Pandora's box is going to be remade now, who would you have be who play Lulu? I was thinking about that and I couldn't come up with a good answer. Honestly, I, I want to say Phoebe Waller-Bridge just because they look so much alike and she kind of has that like flimsy, I, I just go with the breeze, I, I do whatever I want, like kind of vibe about her. I immediately pulled a Phoebe Bridgers, whoops. Does she have to like look <laughs> like her or can she just be like a different interpretation? She has to look exactly like, no, she can be a different interpretation. Yeah, I, I was going by the criteria of, uh, uh, thank you. Of just like, you need to have uh, you need to have a feminine character play Lulu, who at this time is so watched over, so bankable that like people like if the whole premise is like a woman who is so beautiful that everyone wants to commit murder for this person, who I would guess, it be? I feel like ScarJo would be a pretty easy bet on that one. I feel like people. Mm, like, that's I, I, a I big mm, for me. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a no for me, dog. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just I, I see people like talk about her as if she is that beautiful. I'm not saying that she does it for me like that, but yeah. I think she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful, but not the right type for this. You have to have someone that's a little more quirky. I don't think Scarlett Johansson's quirky. Like 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 slightly weird looking, but also like incredibly beautiful. Like have that special, unique looking quality to them. I feel like Anya Taylor Joy would do a good job. Yes, she would be good. Yeah, no, that's it, yeah. That's probably who it would be, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's just like, there, there's that little factor, like, I love Anya Taylor-Joy's uh, whole, like, thing in her performances, because just a little part of me is always a little bit scared of her. <laughs> Dude. It's just like, you look like there's something going on behind the eyes, like, you're either, you're, like, you're, you're either contemplating murder, or, like, you saw a fly somewhere across the room, like, I don't know. <laughs> I really yeah. like that shit. Her eyes kind of weird me out for sure. I love her eyes, dude. No, I mean they're alluring, but they're also like you're like, man, those things fucking. Damn. She's so talented. I really, I, I didn't really like last night in Soho that much, but I thought she was cool last night in Soho. Are you guys hyped up on Mia Goth at all? Um, um, I, haven't, I haven't seen either. Of she either. is an amazing actor. I uh, Mitchell showed me X. Yeah. I believe it was the one. Yeah, 
There's X and Pearl, which are kind of our two like bangers. I'm right trying now. to see Pearl. I'm a star. Oh, sorry, yeah, no, Pearl. Pearl was the one I saw. I didn't see X. I love the scene where she freaks out on that dude like, I didn't do anything wrong. I thought you liked me. <laughs> Sounds awesome. She could be yeah, a Pandora's box. Either her or um, Anya Taylor-Joy. Pandora's box. We solved it. Uh, Hollywood, call us. We need to get a production company started so we can make these movies like Cars, the yeah, Cars we, remake. We can't call it Pandora's box though because like if we tried to sell that now, um, people would absolutely just be like, well, where was Pandora's box in all of this? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I mean, we make, make, make it, kids make would it be, like, so it's pissed. like what we wanted it to be. Yeah, we add in the actual Pandora's box. <laughs> you know, have it actually be like about Pandora's box. Well, that's, that's yeah. bring, that's also bring back the plot point where like Blackbeard comes back from the dead. Yeah, yeah, and he, like falls in love with her. <laughs> um, this next review comes from Lynn. That's uh, Lynn spelled L-I-N-H heart. Uh, they say, if I was a film critic, I'd make it so the film is only released to pretentious black and white film nerds. Oh, you got your uh, wish, basically. Alright, cool. <laughs> it's a very interesting review because film critics also don't have that power. Yeah, like, if you were a film distributor, maybe you could do that. A film yeah. restorationist? I don't know. I, like, I don't know. Also, I love these people that are like, boring, black and white, silence. Like, why'd you watch the movie if you don't like these yeah. things? Yeah, it, it sounds like you were rigging the game from the start for yourself. You honestly, if you don't like like black and white films with no sound, like pretty much avoid anything before like 1940, and you're good. Yeah. So I don't know how you could not see the fucking date on that and be like, I wonder what I'm getting myself into on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1929. It's like the posters in black and white. You, they told you from the start. Yeah, it's from 1929. They Nowhere didn't... does it say Technicolor. Yeah. yeah, they didn't. They didn't invent the colors of the rainbow yet. By then, like, yeah, everything was just like colorless. Um, yeah. the Can next you imagine one... going back in time and finding out, like, wait, the color green is here. What the hell? It's actually more colorful. It's actually even more color. There's more trees around. Yeah, I mean, it would be a depressing thought, but yeah, it probably was more colorful back then. Less smog in the air. Mm-hmm. God, some days here you really notice the smog. Now we get microplastics yeah. in the water. That's fucking sick. I love that shit. Hell yeah, you can't see it because it's under my name, but I'm giving a... Yeah. This next review comes from Cordelia. Uh, they say, I understand this film is subversive, etc., but God, I hate silent films. Has not stood the test of time, unfortunately. Um, alright. For sure. It's like, you know, you know what food I hate? Peas. You know what food I don't eat? Peas. Because I don't like them. I don't like peas either, so I don't eat them. They're weird. I hate peas so much. They, like, freak me out to look at. You know that thing where people get, where oh, they, like... Peas, dude. Nah, I dude. hate peas so much. You guys, you guys suck. Peas are no, awesome. Sh- you are yeah, wrong. Yeah, peas are great. Yeah, we're on, I'm no. on team peas, oh, man. Wrong. I fucking love peas. Peas are small. Oh, they have a horrible texture to them. Awful taste. Like they look like little boogers. I hate it looking at them. And I like broccoli and I like peas, and you guys Broccoli's, can suck my peas. Broccoli's good. Yeah. Broccoli slaps, asparagus, carrots, love it. Hate peas so much. I hate looking at them. If I see a pea, it like genuinely grosses me out. 
Like this I is why you need like pea soup or something. Peas, peas and cauliflower are like the two most dog shit vegetables. I like cauliflower. How dare you? Oh my god! No, I, I love all vegetables, man. Dude, I this see podcast. I, is dude, I'm 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 on the personal standing that like if you don't like a vegetable, it's because you haven't eaten it the right way yet. Yes, thank you. I I, I literally I think peas are the only vegetable that I don't like, and I just hate the look of them. It's something about I have a thing with like really small circular objects for some reason. It's just like this irrational fear. Like I hate coins too. It's like you know people will look at like a, some people have this phobia of like tiny holes. I kind of have that with small round objects. Oh, trypophobia. Yeah, I have that with things that are like this big. Yeah, you you will you never want to ponder an orb ever. No, no, no. Keep, keep an orb as far away from you as possible. Dude, next Dude, time I, I come to see AJ, possible. I'm bringing just a fucking ball and I'm gonna roll it at him. See what he does. <laughs> I, like, I, don't mind, I don't mind like squishy balls. It's when they're like the size of a dime or smaller that I'm just like. Bunch, I'm, I'm gonna get a bunch of fucking marbles and fucking. Yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna throw a bunch of little balls at you. Yeah, back in the uh, back in the 2010s, AJ saw the Bakugan anime show up, and he's like, "I'm never watching anime ever." Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know what, no one gave this is. This is what I have to say to you. This is what I have to say to you. No. If you can't see my <laughs> screen, oh my god, that was I my favorite title card out. when that dropped. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> I let out an audible cackle when that was just the only thing on the title card. So uh, kill yourself. I don't know how he. I believe Doctor Sean has the same dialogue as a as a redditor. <laughs> <laughs> like if that was dubbed, do you think he would have been like? Kill yourself. <laughs> like, kill yourself. They would have played mine, it. Uh, mine Lulu. Nine. Mine a Lulu. Mine. Serpent. Dude, that was his wedding day. What a fucking. What a. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's in her wedding dress and he's like, kill yourself. <laughs> you. You <laughs> held hands with another man and you embarrassed me. You whore. Oh, dude, he he deserved to die. Honestly, my real thing at the end of this movie is like, I'm glad that everyone died. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that outcome. And everyone who was involved with making the movie is dead too. Does that make you feel good? Kind of expected that one. I mean, yeah, it's been a while. Everyone who saw passion. this movie when it came out is dead as well. Yeah. Does this count as a Christmas movie? Because it does end on Christmas. Ooh. Yeah. I'm gonna say yes, just because. They also worked in Oh Christmas Tree into the score at a really random ass part. Yeah. Christmas tree, yeah, they did it in the first oh, act. Like, what the Christmas fuck is that? <laughs> we need a cook on the score because we were talking about it before we formally started recording, but I felt the score was really lagging and kind of ill fitting at certain points. Like, the big one that I used it as an example is there's a scene where the doctor is like verbally accosting her and the closet is like shaking her really violently and there's a slide whistle in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that moment. Um, like old movies, they're all, the score is just like super jolly for some reason. I mean, that's true for like some of them, but you know, like Charlie Chaplin scored all of his own movies, and those at least fit with what the the idea of the scene, the general feeling of what's happening. It's not just like da 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 while she's being like slapped. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point when we were watching, I like leaned over to Mitchell and Mo was just like. Of just like, can one of you just like, can we mute this and can one of you just pull out a keyboard and just start playing random music? Because I feel like, I feel like this would fit the tone better. You could play Bring Me to Life during the sad parts. I don't care. Let's do it. Put on like a YouTube trap beat. Yeah, uh, lo-fi beats to uh, to to. 
to to see seductresses die too like <laughs> damn we gotta get mo on the pod tell mo i want them on the pod i will absolutely let mo uh know that you want them on the pod dude it'd be kind of cool to like rescore this movie and just like have it make sense and see how much it like improves the yeah, let's get ramin jawadi on this let's get this like a game of thrones score let's go yeah, I mean, that's, you know, score is, I don't know how many percent of movies, but you just watch any movie that John Williams scored, you take away the score, and it's the most awkward shit in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe the score is, like, playing playing more into it than we realize. Cause it, it Definitely. Is, it is really bad. Yeah, Was this during the era where, like, where, like, the silent films didn't even have music accompanied, like, with the roles? Like, they just had a dude play played the like the little mini organ in front of the stage while the movie was going on this would have been right during the transition because jazz singer was 27 and actually part of the reason that this movie didn't do very well at the box office is because it was a silent film when talkies were becoming the big rage so it was right in the transition i think i'm pretty sure that this would have had a live orchestration with it but yeah there probably were some silent films i know charlie chaplin's movies would have had accompanying uh, music even when they were silent just because he was a fucking perfectionist freak but i'm assuming this was probably just a live orchestration and then during the restoration they're like i don't know what what music do we have royalty free fucking <laughs> otanin bomb throw it in yeah right, you this... try to do that with a modern day like you hit play and next thing you know it's that duck grape song from youtube the duck walked up to the lemonade stand and he said to the man running the stand <laughs> Hey! Bum, bum, bum. Got any grapes? grapes. Okay, this last review comes from uh, Helena, who is a pro on Letterboxd. And even though this is from Helena, I'm going to co-sign it, because this is also my review. So much like Oscar Isaac in that shot. Sorry. Continue. Uh, So Helena says, I thought this was going to actually be about the story of Pandora's box. I'm so disappointed. Why did Noah Freeman lie to me? Oh got my you. god, yeah, okay, whatever, man. Oh my god. <laughs> Here, I'm, I'm gonna show you guys this frame real quick because this actor looks so much like Oscar Isaac. Hold on. Somehow Oscar Isaac has returned. Oh, where's the fucking close up? Come on. Keep talking. I'm just going to... Uh, yeah, let's do some final thoughts while Noah pulls up this thing, because I'm getting kind of sweaty. Yeah. Uh, Jalen, you go first. You're our guest. Final thoughts on Pandora's box. Uh, it could have been 20 minutes shorter. There was a lot of really great moments in it. Um, but overall, I wouldn't necessarily watch it again. Um, I think it was a movie ahead of its time, but it kind of does need a... Like, I feel like... It's the kind of movie that you could make a remake of now and it would be it would still have some stuff super relevant to it. Um needs more box. Yeah. What are some other famous box movies? I was trying to think of that if there's any other movies that have a famous box. Isn't that like every JJ Abrams movie? Oh true, the mystery box. That's his thing. Oh man, I'll get on a separate soapbox about why J.J. Abrams annoys the absolute crap out of me. You'll get on a soapbox about his mystery boxes? Box, box yeah. No, mystery we don't want to box you in, so. Alright. Oh my god, pause! 
I'm glad that this is gonna be worth it. Going over the same like 20 seconds for the last like minute. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe, what are your final thoughts? Oh fuck. Um, this movie, uh, it, it's it takes a minute to like for you to warm up to it because I mean, especially if you're like me and you can't fucking focus to save your life. So, yeah. Um, go in. Uh, just take a fucking I don't know like a Prozac and start sit down and watch this thing. <laughs> Because you, you're going to need something to fucking level you out to watch this. I can't. I, this was a pretty hard one for me. But yeah, uh, uh, I would watch probably never again. But I enjoyed myself and I did sit down for it. So uh, you lose you lose points. No Greek mythology fucking fucking sucks. Worst movie ever. All right, real quick. Check that. Check this out. Oscar. I see it. Oh, yeah, I see it. It's in the eyes. Oscar Isaac, Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, would be the big guy. Dude, he would be Oscar Isaac, huh? Yeah, Anya. Uh, whatever that other guy looks like. Alright, AJ, what are your final final thoughts? Um, Yeah, I gotta say, this isn't my favorite movie we've watched. It was very akin to, you know, eating your vegetables, doing your homework. I'm glad I can say that I've seen it now, so that when it never comes up in conversation, I'll have it in my back pocket. Um, I would give this, uh, three buckets of popcorn out of five. Oh, are we supposed to give, like, a number review? This is my first time. Nah, 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 we nah, just kind of, nah. it's kind of arbitrary. Sometimes I'm like, it's a 76 out of 102. One of my ratings was, it's a cock-a-doodle-doo, so, you know, like. Yeah, I, um, this is not what I thought it was going to be, and that kind of disappointed me. Like, I thought it was going to be. Like everyone said, you know, the myth of a retelling of the myth of Pandora's box and it wasn't and that made me sad. But I did I did enjoy I did enjoy it overall. I wasn't great, but I'm glad I watched it, you know. I felt satisfied after watching it. It was pretty to look at, you know. Um Yeah, I'd probably give it three point two out of five. I if I was do if it was if I ended up watching it by myself in one sitting, um, I would probably give it yeah about a about a two point seven out of five. But I got to watch it with friends, and um, I did get a little bit stoned for the second half. So, um, and the second half had all the funs that I had all the parts that I actually enjoyed. So with that, I would give that like a three. I would give the first half like two point eight, and the second half a three point three. And what does that average out to? Two point seven three. Yeah, yeah, basically a three out of five. Essentially, yeah. A two point nine two seven. You know how you grade art. Yeah, it's, it's just six divided by two, which would be three exactly. Yeah. God, there's this one dude who, on his letterbox, he rates movies like at minute by minute. So it'd be like, all right, at minute ten, it's a B. At minute twenty, it's a A minus. <laughs> Who has that peak nerd shit right there? Who has that kind of time? That's that's like mentally ill though. Like that is not. That feels like OCD. Yeah, that is not healthy. Yeah, like that's how do you take in a movie while you're worrying about what grade it is, minute by minute? Like you, fucking two-hour movie that's like 120 minutes. You wrote 120 different lines on there and thought about how good each of those minutes was. That's why Siskel and Ebert had it right. They're just like, thumbs up, thumbs down. Do we like it? Yeah, sure. Thumbs down? Nah. And it's just a general pool.
It could be the worst movie they've ever seen or a movie that they didn't really vibe with. Yeah. That's how I categorize movies. Yeah. Good or bad. Makes it easy. <laughs> this movie will divide right, audiences you know, by people who are into Lulu and people who aren't into Lulu. Yeah. I guess that is like kind of a hang up if you don't find Lulu charming or attractive. It yeah, it's serious. credibility. You just like, what the fuck are you guys all on about? This makes no sense. Yeah, the whole, like, the entire, like, plot is just devalidated. <laughs> a little bit. Like, because you just, like, don't understand all the characters' motivations. Mm hmm Well, that was Pandora's Box on Criterion Jalen, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, no, I'm good. <laughs> I got nothing major going on at the moment. Like, I got stuff in development, but I got nothing major. That's chill. Well, if you ever have something to plug, you can always hit us up. We'll give you a feature uh, for our audience. of We're up to, like, 27, I think, listeners per episode. Oh, bad. yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah, we're slowly building momentum. And this, this episode is going to shoot us right up the charts. You know, people are going to have Pandora fever. Um yeah anyway thank you for listening be sure to follow us on instagram and spotify apple wherever you get your podcast from uh give us a rating give us five stars as soon as we get enough ratings it'll actually show up uh we're actually only one rating away so if you don't rate us then it's on you yeah if we're you, if... over one rating away from getting a yeah sure yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. also <laughs> quick quick threat to the audience real quick i know like half of you so if you don't give us five stars i'm talking to you like in person yeah. <laughs> i like this antagonistic this... relationship we have with our audience we're always calling them like dumb <laughs> shit like that please if you give this podcast one more rating we'll finally get the same amount of attention that lulu gets this entire movie hell yeah we can only hope uh yeah thanks for listening be sure to come back next week we're going to be doing a prometheus watch along i'm actually very excited to get back into the world of sound and color so i'm looking forward to that um rage a little bit yeah that movie's not on criterion we're doing a special one-off because i won't be able to focus after the succession series finale airs but uh come back then oh i'm gonna announce after uh, prometheus we are beginning the summer of love that is we have eight or nine movies tangentially related to love, starting with the Before Trilogy. That'll be our first episode in the Summer of Love, so come back then. Uh, bring your lover. You send this to your mom. Send this to your priest. Send this to random people on the streets. Tell everyone you know about Criteria Cast, and we'll see you at the movies.